0: That's why marketing is such dark art um, and hard to do well.
1: And good day to Kelvin, all our other listeners who are in the marketing (laughs) sphere. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer With over 25 years in the field, Cryer are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this, and this is Brews News Week. A regular wrap-up of all that's made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news and the views and all the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Who's not too well, so be gentle. Claire Burnett, g'day, guys.
0: <laughs> Morning,
2: Kate. Hey,
1: Pete. So, lockdown, and it's winter. You're experiencing one of the three days that classifies as winter up there in southeast Queensland. Oh, no, it's a, yeah. the, the, there's it's a cloudless sky. Claire's affected.
2: No. Oh, yeah, blue skies.
1: Well, I've just uh, spent three days in beautiful Lakes Entrance in um, East Gippsland. Oh, nice! Where it was oh, quite chilly.
0: Oh, Lord, it over us, you know. God. <laughs> you Victorians just you know going everywhere and know. You know, well, yeah, we're taunting on a straight us. Line, as people are down as long as we
1: don't hit an imaginary line on a map. We're um, we're okay. But uh, no, this was uh, booked in about October 2019, and due to the bushfires, then billeting of uh, staff after the bushfires, and then um, what was the next one? Oh, no, there was a peat fire, so an underground yeah. burning peat fire. <laughs> uh, so we've had we've had this cancelled five or six times. Um, and then then COVID, obviously, and every time we tried to rebook it, it you know fell in a hole. So we just thought, no, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, out of season. So there wasn't a lot going on in Lake Entrance, but it was just nice to get away.
0: All we need are locusts. Oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah, frogs, uh, frogs, and uh, Ooh, frogs, frogs. Yeah. I, I, I think we're biblical, but anyway, yeah, and then we've ticked all the boxes. <laughs> uh, oh, we've missed you, Peter. It's nice to have you back. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, good. No, thank you. Uh, us just a quick one because uh, so I've done a, a bit, visited uh, Goodland Brewing, so shout out to uh, to oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Crockett, yes, it? yeah, yeah how and how is his it? brother Jesse, and um, Layla, his uh, partner, who I met uh, yesterday. So we popped into Terralgan on the way back from. Lake's entrance, um, and visited yes uh, proudly Latrobe Valley's first brewery, oh, and it was lovely. one of the, the, the so it's an interesting story, and I'll, I will try to get out um, once restrictions are lifted a little bit more, and do a beer as a conversation with the guys because it's a just a really great story, but it's um, it's also you know one of those contains many cautionary tales, and you know how we've often said you know when you're the first brewery to open or to, you know, to put in a planning application in a particular, um, you know, municipal area or Shire Council region or whatever, mm-hmm. you either they either just hand it to you because they don't quite know what their, you know, mm-hmm. how it all is supposed to work or they make it so difficult for you and um, so there's some really interesting stories there and then, you know, mm-hmm. once you've, it's like the first child, you know, you get all of the, everything's harder on you. Yeah. The next the next three breweries that open in that region um, we'll we'll find
2: it so much easier. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That was yeah, cuz Jimmy I remember Jimmy telling me that they couldn't think of anything that was similar so they compared them to an abattoir because and I'm, I think I mentioned it on the podcast and I was just having a chuckle about it just because it, to a council who's never had to deal with it before like what would they compare it to? But apparently because of like education of councillors and that they'd gone to breweries themselves and and realized what it was like uh in Melbourne and then they were much more amenable to the the whole project after that um well there was, so there was actually
1: awesome. regime change so ah, when they yeah, made yeah, the it. development application there was one group in the planning department they had all moved on and been replaced by people who had half a brain between them, and and <laughs> had been to breweries, and said, you know, and and uh, you know, the Jimmy was saying the um, the local copper who's in charge of uh, liquor licensing. Um, one of his favourite venues is Stomping Ground. He goes, mate, this is going to happen whether you want it or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but mate, this is really. one of those things that whenever I bang on about the responsibility that individual brewers have for, um, you know, their behaviour, you know, and whether it's just a portrayal of alcohol and, you know, being a good corporate citizen and not just, you know, being the bunch of guys at the cricket, you know, with watermelons on your heads behaving badly, because whilst governments hold up rules as being, you know, these um, objective things that you just need to follow, ultimately, all of these systems come down to people. And if... The local policeman has a really negative view of alcohol because, you know, there's been a a beer festival or a brewery or, you know, a a bar that has behaved very, very badly, they are going to colour everyone with that same light. Um, but if you've had a good experience in the past with breweries, you're gonna have a much lighter hand when it comes to legislation. And that you know, and that's where beer festivals, um, you know, we we talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that if beer festivals as they become broader into music festivals with craft beer, if they get a reputation for just being drunk fests, it's going to kill it for everybody.
1: Yeah, the next lot are going to be preemptively punished. Yeah. So rather than yeah. say, "Well, here's a go. Here's the rules. Um, go for it, but don't slip up." So rather than say, so "We know you're going to slip up, so we're not going to allow it," or "We're going to make it," you know, so many hoops to to jump through and.
0: And arguably, government shouldn't be that arbitrary, but it does come down to people and it comes down to, you know, attitudes and how flexible people are willing to be um, a- about yeah. the rules.
1: And, and I don't know if there are any left, but if there are any um, municipal council region, you know, groups that have not yet had a brewery in their um, in their region, so they don't know, you know, the rules and regs and, and you know, templates and uh, planning applications and that sort of thing. I'll give you a tip. There's a thing called the phone. Now, they're now they're now even mobile versions that you carry and with you. Claire's On ring, one right now. Ring somebody next door. <laughs> ring anyone. Ring ring the next the next council along and say, hey, you, you guys have got 17 breweries. How did you go about? What are you? you know, fair income. It's do you just, think? It, it can't be that hard. And, oh, and to Claire's point, <laughs> uh, you know, like Jimmy said. They they got the template for abattoir because that was the closest because of of, of um, like sterilisation, sanitisation, mm-hmm. and um, trade waste and, and things like yeah. that.
2: Environment, um, odor, etc. Yeah,
1: and I said it was probably because that's – because why wouldn't you look at winery. So Carol, Mrs. Mrs. Pilsner said, well, why wouldn't they look at wineries? Wouldn't a winery be similar in terms of, you know, goods in and out and and trade waste and that sort of thing? I said, yeah, but abattoir starts with A. <laughs> they would have just gone, oh, yeah, that's close enough. We'll just use that winery too far away. Oh, but anyway, okay. so good luck to them. It's up and running. They've had their first two Saturdays. They're running out of beer already. Um, the locals have really embraced it, which is which is great. Um, but more importantly, um, some of the local, you know, like the the." The local pub, uh, which has got a seventy-five percent tap contract, um, is is putting their beers on uh, cafes, you know, licensed restaurants, that sort of thing. So, small steps, but uh, good luck to them.
0: Well, that's the story that the IBA will obviously take note of because that's their big um, big thing is looking at you know, getting breweries out into regional areas rather than in, in into the already crowded uh, inner-city markets, um, as we've heard mm-hmm. uh, Peter Philp talk about. Yeah. And the other thing
1: that, that Jimmy said that, that ticked a box, and I said, yeah, that'll give you a Bruce news points, uh, like, you know, um, social credits with uh, in terms of the beer community, is that he's not interested in getting his beer into, you know, every pub in Melbourne until he's got it in, you know, pubs and restaurants in the Latrobe Valley and, and the greater Gippsland area.
0: Well, actually, we might we're starting to delve into uh, below the fold stuff here because um, it does bring in, for example, a bull brewery. So we might get on with the news, Pete, and uh, pick this up on the other side of the fold.
1: And let's do some news. So we'll cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories making beer news this week. And Claire, we begin with a venue strategy focus at Good Drinks.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, we're the round of full years for the ASX uh, listed companies this time round, and uh, Gage Roads parent company, uh, Good Drinks, released theirs in a little strange investor presentation. I'm still waiting on the full detailed accounts, which is just boring black and white instead of the nice fancy investor presentation. Um, But basically, the bottom line is they've done really well. So, unaudited results, 54.4 million um, in revenues for the year. That's up from 36.8 million last year, which is great. Um, They're on track. They want to do 20 million litres by 2025 of their own brand. Um, So, they're getting there. Although, interestingly, to point out that contract brewing, which is something that they've said previously pre-COVID and during, that was something they were gonna sort of wind back, that's actually risen 30% to 5.7 million litres. So clearly that's something that they had a look at during COVID and were like, oh maybe we should do this just to keep us on going for a while. Um but one thing about the investor presentation which was really interesting is that they um released some uh, Aztec information services uh info on other brewers <laughs> in the space. Um, and it caused a little bit of a hullabaloo on the uh, Facebook page. Um, so we had Richard Adamson. Hi, Richard. I'm a listener, Richard was waded in. So did Nick. We know Nick Boots uh, from Stonewood as well. So, morning, we Nick. You know he's listening. Yeah. Um, and it made me laugh because, to be fair, where they pulled those numbers out is a little bit questionable. Um, But, you know, they don't know the ins and outs of um, everybody else's business. They can only guess. Um, So it was just interesting to see that they put themselves right at the top. Um. And the investor
0: presentation is a marketing pitch. You know, um, they want to lift their share price value. They want to convince people that it's worth investing in. It's a little, and you know, there is very little data available because Young Henrys is a fully private company. They don't have to post anything. Stone and Wood has reached the size where, I, and I can never remember whether it's turnover or staff levels that they have to file an annual, you know, return with uh, ASIC. Um, so it. Their returns are publicly available to some extent, um, but they don't have to do the full reporting that a publicly listed company like uh, Gauge Roads or Good Drinks does. So you've got a publicly listed company comparing itself to two companies that are a little bit more masked in terms of their their full results, and so you don't, you know, so they've gone to an external third party data collector, which you know everyone uses um, at some stage. But yeah, whether the comparison is fair. Um, Not so sure.
2: Mm. Interesting.
1: Can I just ask when we're doing, um, you know, results and ASX stuff that we didn't Mm -hmm. lead with the one about one that that actually made money?
0: (laughs) Well, good drinks. Can I read somewhere that
1: brew made money?
0: well oh, sorry okay well also, did they just no, not lose lots we want, of money should we, should we or is that a blow while we're discuss. doing results yeah we'll, we'll uh... while
2: we're doing that yeah good idea that makes sense so and this was an interesting one actually um that you point out as well pete because and fair play richard De- jeffers from two bays um emailed me afterwards and said claire you're taking a little bit of um you know you you're being a bit fast and loose with the facts on this one and to be fair in, account, in the for, for, accounting in, world,
0: in, for a rare um, in, in a rare accusation, someone's <laughs> yeah, accusing us of being pro brew. Be too nice, to brew. <laughs>
2: um, so basically, what happened was um, they have made in terms of they they made positive cash flows. So in the quarter, um, in the most recent quarter, they've made more money than they spent. But this is on an ongoing basis, which means technically that it's positive cash flow rather than profit. I called it profit. For the sake of ease and the headline. And so that was my bad. Um, But they have, through creative accounting, we will probably uh, suggest, uh, on account of they did rate uh, their manufacturing costs to a different quarter so the previous quarter they spent 1.1 million on production costs so that'll be going towards the CB brewing contract um and then this quarter they spent only 124 thousand, 000 i think and then they obviously have pushed really hard in getting their um beer, well been getting, dumping
0: all of the beer that they made yes, last august exactly. as, as we've posted photos of and they're selling it at ridiculous prices so they are getting it's going to get its it own facebook
1: page soon <laughs> yeah.
0: brew <laughs> but um yeah look and, and so they've managed to squeak in a $44,000 cash yeah. positive cash flow for the quarter but then they dropped 900,000 on producing beer last quarter, and then in the first quarter, and, and th- th- this quarter's profit came from selling the beer, apparently, um, you know, a- anecdotally, the evidence seems to be from dumping pallets and pallets and pallets of beer that was nearly out of date from the first quarter, which was back in August. So, you know, uh, there, there are a number of, there's a website called hotcopper.com, oh, um, I yeah. that's kind of like <laughs> uh, beer advocate or rate beer for um, shares, um, so... Oh, yeah and, in-
2: a dark place. There's a, a very small group of
0: people who endlessly debate brew, um, and uh, <laughs> some of them, if it's if they they're not like Kent it. operating under a different name, know Kent very very well um, because like very well they seem yeah. to have a very very good understanding of the business um, to be able, to, but then ignore anything negative. Um, yeah, as as we've noticed that Kent does. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I, I, whilst they're trying to put a very positive spin on it, in exactly the same way as uh, Good Drinks is trying to put a very positive spin on their results and market it to try and get their share price up. Um, so, you know, um, I, I, I still think Brew's got a long way to go.
1: And speaking of positive spin, um, can we look into uh, approaching a couple of uh, websites for uh, sponsoring this program? Because uh, again, Jimmy at Goodland Brewing Co. was saying that uh, he's spent many, many hours on Trove, having um, heard about it through you, Matt. Oh, and, uh, okay. So I suspect oh, now great, this this, yeah. one, this one's going to uh, add to the add to the list. No alcohol marketing test, uh, Claire for Heineken Zero Zero. Yes.
2: Yeah, so we were in the middle of semi-regular uh, ABAC rounder. Uh, And this one caught our eye a little. Um, So this isn't the first time by any means that Heineken uh, Zero or Carlton Zero have been in front of ABAC. Um, But this is the most recent one considering um, and that takes into account the growth of the sector as well. Obviously, we've seen and we've touched on it quite a lot on the podcast But basically, a complainant criticized Heineken uh, for showing some, I don't even think they were drinking. I think um, someone was on a jet ski and said, oh, you can now do this effectively because you've had a no alcohol beer. Um, So thankfully, uh, cooler heads prevailed on this one. And um, basically, it's really interesting, actually, on this one, because there are so many brand extensions, as in Heineken Zero is obviously a part of the master brand of Heineken, whereas other craft brewers have gone down the completely different route. And like Nort, um, I've mentioned in the article, um, they we know that they're associated with Modus Operandi, right? but actually, that that's not on any of their packaging. So you'd have to go and find that out, that they're associated with an actual beer brand. Whereas Heineken and Carlton, um, they have gone straight for the, we're going to leverage our brand to make a no-alcohol version of it. So these are the ones that ABAC so far has had to um, adjudicate on. And um, they were basically like, look, it's ridiculous that, um, you know, we, this can't be seen as encouraging drinking alcohol when the whole point of the advert is saying, If you don't drink alcohol, then you can do this. It is an interesting one because in 2019, um, Matt wrote a really good article about um, the then CEO of Fair, who basically said that no alcohol brands were grooming children to drink alcohol later. And I actually got in touch with FAIR for this article and uh, they, I know funnily enough, (laughs) is your position changed? I I keep trying, okay? I keep trying. You're doing the right thing. (laughs) Um, And they were, interestingly, they were like, oh, we aren't going to comment on this one um, at this time because we're talking about how our positions have changed Within the business. So, I don't actually know whether that means that they aren't going to take such a militant stance in future, but we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but it is just interesting. Basically, the bottom line is be careful how you market no alcohol brands, be careful what you decide to name them, um, and just be aware that some ABAC rules, such, such as the um, placement rules about Um, having 75% adult audiences, they do apply to no alcohol brands, uh, regardless of whether they have alcohol in them. Obviously, um, it doesn't matter to them if it's associated with an alcohol brand, it still counts. Um, So yeah, that was, it was just a really interesting one, considering what we've been talking about. Um, And just the acknowledgement that the the category is one that has been growing. uh, And it's, ABAC realizes that it's something that they're going to have to look at. They're aware that they're very clunky in the way that they deal with these brand extensions. So um i wonder if we'll see a little bit more when they do their review uh in the next probably 6 months or so um but we'll see we'll keep an eye on it
0: but it it really does show the tin foil hat world that fair occupies you'd think that they would be championing, championing um alcohol no free alcohol. Beer. Yeah, no alcohol exactly. beer um as you know providing people an option but they 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 just clearly see it as you know a trojan horse to get people drinking or keep people in, in, in the world when...
1: It's a gateway beer to gateway beers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly
0: yeah. what it is. Yeah, that's but exactly what it is. These ads are actually saying this is something you can have while you're not consuming alcohol, you know, so mm-hmm. you can, um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit different to the lolly cigarettes, for example, that were candies marketed at children. Um, yeah. This is marketed at giving people a non-alcohol version to do, you know, and and highlighting the use cases for it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I yeah. It, it's just interesting, and it's it's great to see uh, the common sense approach that Fair's taking. Yeah, uh, that, that ABAC is taking. Sorry.
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, just quickly <laughs> yeah, yeah. on that,
0: um, I don't know, viewers, uh, listeners who
1: are viewers of KO Sports, who you know, um, I've noticed ads popping up for uh, Mornington Zero Elk
0: okay which uh, is made it tribe yeah which i thought was just
1: a, a interesting because uh it's it's you know craft beer if you like um getting some advertising space but they've then chosen to to go the the zero elk <laughs> I, I just thought was interesting what it actually tells well, Particularly, me, and then also during rugby league um you know live live broadcast
0: what i think it tells me is just how cheap streaming advertising, advertising yeah. because yeah. Yeah. do you i mean did, that was the thing do you remember um you know well, it's when, stuck to me because it
1: was the only ad that wasn't about online sports betting
2: <laughs> yeah. it jumps out to you doesn't it it does
0: yeah. so but,
1: uh, but yeah as so i say, the fact that uh, that it was you know mornington and and zero elk i thought yeah just just interesting all right, um, now, uh, slightly related, I guess, in terms of, yeah. um, you know, regulations and that sort of thing, social mm-hmm. media age-gating is in the spotlight after a new report, Claire.
2: Indeed. So another of our uh, anti-alcohol lobbyists, um, the Cancer Council, released a new report um, on, it was the top three companies in spirits, wines and beer. So obviously we had uh, Cooper's Lion and CB um, being looked at. And interestingly, beer was Actually, out of the three of them, the best in terms of every, most of them had age gates. However, on Instagram, there were a number of um, of uh, sort of brand accounts that weren't age gated. Um, and again, the whole thing is, oh, yeah, you pretend <laughs> the children, effectively, the children, family values, etc. Whatever they love to moan about um, on that on that front, children can access these now. So, um Actually, they totally admitted it. Lion sent us a nice thing saying, "Look, we we did mess up on these ones. You know, we changed our processes. Uh, Some of them were older." Um, and they just didn't have it just didn't follow through but that's something that the Brewers Association was really keen to get on to um obviously they know that they are uh, in the spotlight and they're the ones that's going to be attacked by uh, these kind of council council people quite often so they know they have to cover all their bases um but I didn't actually know that you could even age gate on Instagram I've never come across it before so to any smaller brewers who have got Instagram Facebook accounts make sure it's age gated effectively uh and I just cut come across so many that don't have it, that it was an important sort of learning point that we can learn um, for the smaller and independent brewers uh, from the big guys, effectively. Um, So it's definitely something to keep an eye on.
1: Definitely. Now, uh, Caddy. Now, Matt, Mm. did you write this one, Matt, or did I just see this?
0: No, no, this was uh, more of Claire's uh, great work. Um, (laughs) stuck was a bit of a Claire show on the
2: email. Far more productive
0: working from home, clearly. Um, (laughs) Caddy launches cold chain program,
1: Claire.
2: <laughs> Indeed. So, Caddy, um, obviously, wholesale ordering platform Caddy, um, they've launched guidelines for buyers um, of their platform to ensure that there's cold chain throughout. So, we were talking, I uh, was talking to Patrick Fury there, the um, marketing manager, and he was basically saying, look, we've got all sorts of people on um, the platform now, it's like florists and things like that. They won't necessarily know the to keep beer um, and they've not moved into the premium premiumization category yet so it, they won't know necessarily that these are the preferred ways that brewers would like to keep their beer uh, and to keep it at the best quality uh, for as long as possible all these kinds of things so it's kind of an education piece really um, from caddy uh, in partnership with range brewing in brisbane who will be the first sort of pilot uh, brewery who signed up to to sort of get these guidelines in so when you sign up to caddy you basically say and you want to supply a certain type of beer they say right well you have to agree to these guidelines these are the guidelines um there's not a huge manual about it it's more about the education piece like looking into it working with the brewer to see how they want their beer stored and everything like that so it's a nice um positive step in that direction i know it's something that a lot of brewers have been um concerned about and are trying to mitigate in their own supply chains. so um good on you caddy
1: Yeah, and look, it's always – I guess you always – there's always a compromise, isn't there, when you um, let something out, you know, or subcontract any part of your business to a a third-party supplier. So, it's good that we've got conversations going that, you know, well, this is where we're different. So, excellent. Now, I don't know, is this a a call to action? Uh, Feedback is sought on the IBA draft (laughs) code of conduct.
2: Indeed. Uh, yeah, So th- this is a great one from the IBA. So following the um, allegations of sex in the- sexism in the US industry, which is obviously sort of rippled across over here and to a lot of other um, in- brewing industries across the world, um, like the Beer Agents for Change diversity survey that we talked about the other week, the IBA is now looking for feedback on a new draft code of conduct. So it's basically talking about, um, you know, how it, members should be acting with um, honesty, integrity. Uh, there's a few um, guidelines and things like that. So it's something that their members can have a look at and um, talk about. And it was really interesting, actually, because someone posted on, underneath uh the post on facebook like who had done this who's come up with this um and they were really open like we worked with beer agents for change on this and worked with a load of other people so it you know you could you don't want it to be open to any criticism like oh it's just a bunch of um white guys coming up with this um it was a genuine uh sort of collaboration between a lot of different stakeholders so yeah still ongoing so if anybody is a member and hasn't um, given their feedback yet then get going um get on it
1: uh, and have we in the show notes, I'm, I'll assume, or you can go to the IBA website. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's so the,
2: it, we'll there's link to the article. our article as well. Yep. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yep. No, cool. Uh, that's it for the news, I think.
2: That is indeed.
1: Sound about right? Excellent. Um, thanks very so much. For those who need to uh, be away, um, be away. But if you want to stick around, we'd like to do a little thing we call Below the Fold. And we always start Below the Fold with Mailbag. Uh, and a mailbag is thanks to our good friends at the New Zealand Ale Trail. So head to www.nzaltrail.com or nzaltrail on all the socials to find the best
0: beer experiences in New Zealand once we're allowed. Those bagu- of us in lockdown can plan for when we can finally uh, <laughs> cross the Dutch. That's it. Well, you know,
1: um, what do they say? It's, uh, the key to a good finish is good preparation. So you've got plenty of time to prepare and do lots of um, – so head to New Zealand Ale Trail and, and find out, where you might like to go, when you can. Uh, let's kick it off. Um, oh, don't forget, uh, review us on iTunes. Send us in an email.
0: Lots of um, emails. Get, lots of people following up, claiming their bar blades.
1: That's it. I can't promise that you'll be as lucky as uh, as Jimmy at, uh, at Goodland Brewing, who had his bar blades hand delivered. But um, you know, <laughs> and and I dropped off a couple of t shirts. So, uh, but you know, yeah. Make we should sure sold you, a few t shirts
0: this week as well. So, surprisingly. Uh, has-
1: I did see somewhere (laughs) that uh, where you can you can personalize them now.
0: You can personalize them. You can say what you don't think is a key component of good beer. Have we
1: got have we got like a little a chart that shows you know what are the most popular like is it haze is it hype is
0: it? I haven't even logged in to see whether or not anyone's ordered one. um, To be honest, so
1: let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Are I think hype was most of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Claire, Ryan Lumby on the Radio Bruce News Facebook page.
2: Mm. So this one was about, uh, obviously, the Good Drinks uh, annual results, which we talked about earlier. He says, not intended as financial advice, more a comparison to the crowdfunding lately. Revenue growth of 40%, share price currently trading at two times revenue They've consistently made profits over the years and you can sell your shares whenever you want compared to recent crowdfunding at four times or more revenue and you can't sell your shares. (laughs) (laughs) And the drugs get such a bad stick on the ASX as well. It barely ever moves up or down. It's very consistent, which is not really what you want. Yeah. Yeah, super small cap, like... But I, I just feel like it deserves a bit more love. Um, but apparently not. What look, the they've market's barely
0: gone up, yeah, like they're nine cents or something like that, which is only what six times what brewer's worth. Um, and yet <laughs> which is so unfair. it's ridiculous. But then again, yeah. you know, you look at I think you said in the article yesterday, Claire, hundred and seventeen million dollars market cap now compared to what, twenty million for a what was batch worth? 17 oh, yeah, million, wasn't it? 15
2: yep, million? Yeah, yep, nearing to 20, yep. You know, Something and like 17
0: million that. litres versus 300,000 litres, you, you know, and, and they're oh. growing. So anyway, or... As, <laughs> what as,
2: do you do with that? Yeah, oh, what do look, you do with
0: that As we've talked about, you know, none of this is that, you know, if you love a brewery and it is worth it to you, you know, it's just like a bottle of wine. If a bottle of wine that in a blind taste you probably wouldn't think was worth, you know more than $15 a bottle, but because it's got a label and a, you know, a, a story attached and you get to show off to your friends when you pull it out and so you've paid $110 for it, that's worth it to you. Um, okay. You know, it's There's no inherent yeah, value yeah. in a bottle of wine other than what it's worth to you. And if a crowdfund is worth that to you, go to it. But okay. let's stop pretending they're investments. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of value,
1: Matt, if you're looking to increase the value of your brand, you might want to look at increasing the um, efficiency of your brew kit and all the various bits and pieces that go with it. Off the top of my head, I would be calling Scar Fabricating because um, they support this episode for a start, but they build uh, reliable automated uh packaging line equipment um, it's handcrafted to make life easier for brewers and their production team so if you're a brewer looking for the best way to get your product out of your tap room and into the hands of your customers scarfab has you covered with a wide range of depelletizers. they've got custom conveyance uh date coating stuff uh rinsing drying systems um the whole magilla scarfab specializes in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer out of the keg and into the can for you know, and keg and and can, I suppose. Um, to find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, uh, visit Scarfabricating.com today. That's SKA fabricating.com to get started today. Now, once you've got the, you know, the rinsing, the drying, the all that sort of stuff, that you are going to want labels. Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, great point, Matt. Great point. Um, I, ha- <laughs> I hadn't thought of it. Um, I would be going to, Relling's label stickers and packaging would probably be able to help you out, I'm guessing, Um, because they supply not just labels for your cans or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons, um, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, all that sort of stuff that is going to go through your scarf fabricating gear so much more efficiently. Um, The cans from Relling's label stickers and packaging come to your door pelletized and ready to fill. There's nothing more to do. But if you did have room and maybe you got a grant, then you could go to Scarf Fabricating and get <laughs> the rest
0: of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and spend more on that with Scarf Fabricating because you don't have to buy a shrink sleeving machine because Rowling's has already got that covered. Exactly. Oh,
2: my God. I'm Seamless. with you too. <laughs> so
0: give Rowling's label stickers and packaging a call on
1: one three hundred eight five two two three five to discuss everything, including Scarf Fabricating and shrink sleeving. Uh, and thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail too. And crime up. Where were we up to? And uh, thirsty Merch. Oh, Lee Doherty on the Facebook group. Oh uh,
2: yeah, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> so Lee says I tried naught the other day just to satisfy the curiosity factor. I didn't hate it. A tad thin, but had <laughs> put that on I your tried. labels. <laughs> a tad thin, but had plenty of upfront flavour which dissipated pretty quickly. Certainly not a bad option if you're driving. Nice to see it in Woolies. Uh, P.S. My 11 year old daughter is mad at Brewdog because their cans got rejected by the return and earn machine. To <laughs> and go her Boo to you, Brewdog.
1: <laughs> oh, that, but is that because they're n- not a Queensland registered business? Or, no, be a or they could be Queensland. Yeah, yeah they,
2: they, they would be. be. Um, I'm not they might sure i speak that, to
1: Relling's label stickers and packaging because perhaps it's the yeah, barcode isn't being read properly because they don't have, um, and maybe it's not clear enough. Maybe the 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 stickers that they use are peeling off the can and but isn't it, it? It just has to be registered, doesn't it? So perhaps brutal hasn't registered yeah. whatever that particular um, uh, SK skew skew SK was.
0: I think either that, or they just don't want to make themselves look popular to kids because they are good corporate citizens.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Lee's in because <laughs> he's he's drinking New South Wales beer and and depositing Queensland. He ah, okay. oh, it well, not oh. necessarily. It just said BrewDog, so it could be it could be
0: fully. Imported. They should be oh, could interchangeable, be any, yeah. though. Well, I don't think stuff. BrewDog imports anymore. I, I think mm. all of the beer that are available in Australia is um, major. Mean, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, okay, I didn't realize. Ooh. I thought they were still. Uh, yeah, just doing like the.
0: I think some um, of the overworks and some of the alcohol-free beer, but we might put in a call to our good friends at BrewDog. Ed, they'll be yeah. listening.
1: They'll tell us. They'll yeah. they'll set us set us right. Uh, We now cross live to our Yorkshire correspondent,
2: (laughs) Phoebe Dixon If if only we had someone that could do this
0: in a Yorkshire accent
2: Oh no, you know I couldn't No, also, you haven't heard Phoebe, Phoebe's way worse than me she's got the strongest accent um so that would be hilarious might get her to do a clip for you one day okay um anyway phoebe she's my good mate from over in the uk she's really into all the craft beer scene um in leeds and yorkshire um and we were chatting the other day about magic rock based in huddersfield um and then they got taken over by lion oh i want to say four or five years ago at least now anyway i was like so do you care though that it's owned by lion like are you bothered that it's not independent anymore. Um, and she said, um, Actually, I think it's, and I said to her, like, do you still consider it Yorkshire? And she says, yeah, I still think it's considered Yorkshire. Um, It's still born, based, and brewed there. I haven't noticed a change in the quality of the beer um, as well, which is always a plus. I think it's always a great thing to be an indie, but if some big company backing helps you up your game, it should have some positive impact. As long as you don't take it brew dog direction, but they seem to be more money grabbing. Sorry, everyone. She's from Leeds. We, don't, we aren't a fan of Brewdog in Leeds, There's the legal issues that happened. Anyway, a story for another day. Um, others will probably not like that they're not independent and we will put them off buying. For me, as long as the quality of the beer and general brand personality don't change, then they're fair game. Um, and she has a soft spot for Magic Rock because it's Huddersfieldian like her. Um, <laughs> real nice branding and down-to-earth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Phantasma is also one of my favorite beers. So I think that int- the, the point about quality and the point about upping your game and the bigger brewer having a positive impact is really interesting because I think we could fairly say that there are some breweries that have been taken over that haven't had that. Um, whether they should, what, what's going on in the background, we don't know. But the interesting aspect of that for me was that her saying it should have a positive impact. So I guess that depends what you mean. Uh, is it on the quality? Is it on the branding? Is it on the availability? all sorts of things um, that a big brewer could do for you um, as a smaller smaller brewer. But interesting, what do you guys think then? Is that fair or is that – Oh, your, look, I, I just think militant? it's a really interesting
0: perspective, <laughs> um, you know, outside of our bubble because she's a friend of yours who's into craft beer but not working in the industry, doesn't have that yeah. you know, sort of yeah. deep passion. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that's – where the market is, and you know, as I talked about, it's wider but narrower, you know, shallower. Absolutely, um, I, I think people care about the beer. You know, that they. they, they resonate with the brand in a much more traditional emotional way rather than some of those old craft beer cues. Um and I, I made the comment uh I think Wade Curtis um hopefully Wade's got a barblade. Wade, uh, let us know. Um because you are a frequent correspondent. Um you've been writing
1: a letter a, one letter a week for the last seven years, so
0: I'm guessing <laughs> you yeah. got a barblade by now. Um we might have to dig into the uh you know, old collection and give him some of the vintage ones. Um, But (laughs) he he shared that the Brewers Association in the US, you know, which has always been about independence, uh, or, you know, so so they've been the craft beer. Um, Now they've made a big um, push for local beer. And, you know, I wasn't being snarky or anything like that, but I was just wondering how do you define local beer? Because Magic Rockin', you know, is is a very local beer, obviously, to Phoebe. Um, You know, if you're in Townsville in Queensland, uh, Tiny Mountain is a very local brewery to you, but they're not independent. Um, But then the flip side is that for consumers – who do value local? Does that limit the growth that some of these brands can have? Um, or the, the the flip side, if you do start selling, and, and the, the other point I made was that the Brewers Association has a huge export program. They've come down to Good Beer Week. You know, they've sent their export managers down to Good Beer Week to promote American craft beer, and you're sort of thinking, well, is that an inherent? I was going to say fallacy, or you know, an inherent contradiction. Yeah. That you're yeah, sort of saying a paradox. Local that you're beer saying. is better unless you're buying it in Australia, um, in which case our beer is awesome in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when when you start seeing businesses sending those mixed messages out, do consumers just go, "Well, that's just marketing. The whole thing is shit. I'm just going to buy, you know, um, the things that suit me." And consumers' default positions are price, convenience, and um, you know. Uh, price and convenience, I guess, Um, and then an emotional attachment. And you can override some of those to an extent by really playing to their passion um, and giving them a reason to overcome those basic um, consumer touch points. Um, But you really undermine that when you say local is good, except we'll send our beers overseas because local doesn't really matter when we're making money. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I thought Phoebe's um, points were quite interesting and it sort of tied oh. into that wider issue that I think craft brewers um, need to consider. And also, you know, are big brewers going to get value for these craft breweries that they um, buy if they are seen as highly, hyper-local? Because um, do they reach a point where when they grow, that, lo- that feeling of local just dissipates? Um, you know, like James mm-hmm. Squire isn't a local brand. Um, but then again, it also doesn't quite hit that mainstream brand because it needs much more marketing um, behind it to, to grow yeah. as, a, as a brand against some of the bigger national brands. But it's not seen as a local brand. So does it occupy that netherworld region? Yeah,
2: interesting. And I mean, it ties into the next comment, I think, as well, because consumers are – confused about what they should care about, and that will only increase as the number of people um, that get into craft beer uh, you know, start to think about these things, if they even do. Like you say, it's much shallower now. And for instance, um, it, this is a follow-up email uh, from Liam about these zero alcohol beers he's tried. Uh, you remember the other week he was trying, um, Liam was trying German, Australian lager, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are they independent though? Do you know if they're from a big brewer, small brewer, independent brewer? Um, and he says, um, the German beer from a craft brewery, i.e. not a big brewer. Australian lager didn't have an IBA logo, but stated a craft brewery. Australian Australia didn't have an IBA logo promote themselves as a craft brewery company as a beverages company so there just seems to be a lack of consistency across the board on what people think that they should be waving the flag about which is totally fair because they want to differentiate themselves from other people in the market Um, but at the same time you are creating that space now where consumers are like well this one says it's this this one says it's that this one i'm not sure about like there's it's so much harder to care when that you have to have fatigue about you know who's this why should i care blah 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 all that kind of stuff and
0: fatigue um, is the perfect word i think consumers yeah. get fatigue
2: yeah exactly and they and they just don't know and they just don't care at some at some level at some level it becomes too um too complex to even bother wrapping your head around.
0: That's and, and that was the thing. You know, when when beer was malt, water, hops and yeast and, you know, the big brewers used adjuncts and the big brewers used, um, you know, chemicals um, and we don't, that was easy. Now, suddenly, you know, craft brewers are trying to say, well, we use adjuncts, but we use them betterer. Um <laughs> than you know the the, the big brewers, um, or you know local is important unless you're owned by a company that's owned overseas. Um, you know and th- that's the thing consumers just it, it's it's a fast-moving consumer good. You need to make the emotional attachment easy.
2: Yeah, that's it. And then that's the big question, like how do you make it when if your thing was local and then ten thousand other people's is local, Yeah, that resonates in your immediate area, but obviously, as you said earlier, Matt, after that, after it leaves that uh, local sphere, why should anyone give a hoot effectively?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: And that emotional um, aspect comes into it too. I was thinking reading Phoebe's piece, um, how much does the personality attach to the brand um, and the, and secondly, the way that it is nurtured by the new owner. So I look at things like um, Camden Town, Matt. We, 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 you and I particularly associate uh, with Jasper. If you think Emersons, you think Richard Emerson. But a new consumer is going to have that. You
0: know, a, well, a that's what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. more,
1: it's more down a step from the Phoebes, I guess. Who the more, you know, who are, uh, I guess, closer to inside the bubble. But Scotty's such a nice bloke. Do we give Bolter? a pass for being owned by Asahi, whereas the brands that are – and Stuart Ross, um, I was lucky enough to meet who's the brewer at Magic Rock, and that's what made me think about it, is that I think that brand is still quintessentially his. Like he, I think he's still kind of I, – I, I guess the figurehead, that's the impression that I get. Does that matter more than a brand gets bought, the brewer moves on, it's just being brewed out of wherever? So it, it, is it the personality combined with the owner nurturing that that brand engagement that, that, that makes us like some over another?
0: Well, and, and that's the dark arts of marketing. You know, how do you okay. grow but still keep that feeling, you know, of the personalities and, you know, convey those personalities to less engaged consumers who, you know, who don't do the work themselves to find out about the brand, but you need to deliver it to them. Um, But you need to do it in a way that still conveys, you know, that homely folksy way uh, rather than you're being sold at. So it's a, yeah, it's just, that's why marketing is such dark art um, and hard to do well.
2: And g'day
1: to Kelvin, all our other listeners who are in the marketing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's not a black art, it's a dark art. You know, it's... (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's
2: Mysterious,
1: right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's um, yeah, it's 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 not a it's not a patent chocolate malt dark, but it's you know it's kind of it's it's carapils malt dark.
2: <laughs> oh, brilliant!
1: Now, what else we got here? Yeah. Bondi's curbside oh. bars hit with a
2: seven-day oh, ban. Yeah. Sorry, I just whacked this one in because I saw it when I came in on Monday. And I was like, I didn't know you could even do that. So there's a bunch of businesses, um, bars, more bars and things like that, no breweries, uh, in Bondi that have all been banned from selling takeaway liquor for seven days. I didn't know that they could do that. And then it kind of got me concerned, like, obviously not a brewery. A, even a brewery tour, you probably wouldn't go. You probably wouldn't be considered a public health order concern. Um, but I just didn't realise that was even the case that you could just stop people doing takeaway completely. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that they still thought that uh, people would be out and about drinking excessively on this Bondi Beach. I just don't. Where does that come from? Why is that? Is that what Bondi's like? Is that what Bondi's like? I've never been.
1: Oh no, it's full of all your people.
2: What do you mean? Pond? Well, they're
1: all, you know, people with accents.
2: It's oh. all backpackers,
1: isn't it? I don't think anyone actually lives in Pond. No? Oh, no. Okay. Everyone, just, everyone just visits there with a backpack.
2: Interesting. The <laughs> <laughs> the backpack. I'll have to go. I'll have to visit. Um, but more importantly, um We've been talking about uh, the wane of hard seltzer after Boston Beer the other week was basically like we kind of overstated how much we'd need. And then I read an article on Forbes saying that instead of hard seltzer, um, hard kombucha is gaining momentum which just feels like deja vu to me no, That's well, this is just
0: <laughs> this is just absolute errant nonsense yeah, okay no, you. You, you've got a Go freelance on. um well, you've got a contributor so she's a freelancer yeah. who has pitched a story to forbes and as a freelancer in the past you need to pitch a sexy story And then, you know, as we know, SEO is hard seltzer. So you want to be the first to start talking about the decline of hard seltzer. So there's a line in here that says, now the category is on rocky ground. Sales of hard (laughs) seltzers are waning with just a 4% gain during the four-week period. Are you going – no, it's not – if it's grown, it's not waning. Like, you know, waning means declining, you idiot. Um, it's still growing. It's a 4% gain during the four-week period. You're going, so it's still growing compared oh, with the 49% no, no. growth over the 12-month. Pe- I, now, is that 4% compounded during the four-week? Because otherwise, that's a 48%. Anyway, it's shit. <laughs> it,
2: wound, it wound you, up, didn't it? Matt? Oh, no. It's, like it, it, it's it, I mean,
0: this is the sort of stuff that um, – you know, again, that sometimes people are misunderstanding when I talk about alcohol-free. Uh-huh. Not anti-it. I don't think that there's not a market for it, but just the level of hype that is driven by people's inter- self-interest in promoting the brand. And this is, you know, again, this is a freelancer who wants to pitch a story, who wants a job. Like, she gets paid by convincing Forbes to write a story. You come up with an angle. So you sort of say, hey, everyone's writing about um hard seltzer so i'm going to write a story saying you know now that we can arguably say that hard seltzer is in decline and this is the next best thing because this is seo clickbait forbes editor is going to love it none of this <laughs> is anything about a trend or a fact or a you know anything that's happening in the real world this is just People trying to sell website advertising and people trying to sell themselves as freelancers and come up with an interesting angle there's just no story here, and this is what ninety nine percent of media is these days um you know it's about trying to sell the next thing or you know it's you know, oh. the the media release that we got um this week, which was the other story that I posted you know you've got um sons drinks, which is an online <laughs> which is an alcohol free retailer has a very expensive public relations firm sending out media releases that we ignored because it's not... Not because alcohol-free drinks isn't interesting to us, but it was a nonsense story where they've conducted, you know, a survey themselves to create data that they can then try and get a media hook and most media fall for it because, you know, what was the one? International Chocolate Week, um, you know, and (laughs) sponsored by Cadbury's. You know, people love... Cadbury, you know, people love eating more chocolate, you know, during this time. How surprising is that, that a chocolate manufacturer, you know, has a survey that says people like eating chocolate on this special occasion? (laughs) Um, You know, in in this case, it was alcohol-free drinks during Dry July when people are not drinking at all. Um, And they've got a survey that confirms it. So, it's just nonsense. So. (laughs) And if you'd like to sponsor Matt's
1: Soapbox, it's back. Contact us at
0: today Sponsored by Dove. <laughs> Keeping your
1: hands moist, when
2: you fogged dead horse. Okay. Oh, what else we got?
1: Brilliant.
0: That's I it. Think that
2: was it for me. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> do do, do yeah. you okay. want more? Do you want more,
0: yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. This. There's no shortage of things that have irritated me this week that I'll talk about, Pete. <laughs> How is lockdown going up there for you guys? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Old, old. Claire's struggling, she can't get to Brendale Brewing. Oh,
2: I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going so to. For some do takeaways it. Do I take hope you're going to wear a mask. Yeah, from yep. takeaways. Yeah, of course. Of course.
1: There'll be a fair bit of disappointment that people can't get their um Dagwood dogs and their um uh strawberry sundays.
2: Ah, uh, oh, yeah, well Echo was cancelled. Oh, I mean, oh, unfortunately, yeah.
0: so Pete was already um uh Pete was already I was cut from the herd. Yeah. Well, you weren't able to get to Queensland, oh, not, and then the whole not thing. Not permitted, mind you. Like it was always going to be cancelled, you know. So I, I'm, I, I can understand why they didn't cancel it earlier, but um, you've got to give it, give it every chance. Well, it, you know, it, it makes it hard because if they make the call too soon, then they're doing themselves out of income. But the longer they leave it, when it was clearly never going to go ahead, in my view. Um, it it puts all of the suppliers, you know people start we got to pull a pin, and, yeah
1: pull up in before you start bumping in call cool rooms and livestock yeah. and you know animal feed and
0: all and, of and that you was know. the thing it was hope against hope that it was going to go ahead but once we started having this delta variant seeing what was going on it was just never going to happen um, but it's hard like at, yeah online uh, it, so any event organizer um you know kudos to you for you know keeping it going and making plans when the world is so changeable um, mm. And it's business, you know. When, when I sort of think, God, I just have to stay at home. Oh, look, eh, eh, well, you know, obviously the craft beer alley is a is a big thing for our year. um In in a year, it goes ahead, so you know, it does a it, it does hurt us. But I still think of people who do this as their day in day out. You know, like Mike um, and the team at Gabs, for example, you know, or the the IBA, who you know. Really wanted uh, Baruchon to go ahead. Revenue is
1: pretty much events based.
0: Well, revenue is very important to them. Um, increasingly less so, um, fortunately, but you know, it, it's still a huge thing for them. And you know, for those teams who are living this every day, um, you know, for the, the the rest of us who just you know can't go see our mates or go to the pub, you know, suck it up, princess. Um, not yeah. saying that it's not hard for you. No, no, no. But, but there are people all who um, listeners it, who are
1: in, in listening from lockdown. Um, Give some online love to um to your favourite brewer, yeah. oh, or a bar, you know, local bar or um you know uh, maybe the pub that you usually go to or the the brew pub is doing takeaways something like that. Yeah. Your when, when your
0: income burger. and your you know house you know your rent or your mortgage payment or your you know your kids schooling and all of that is dependent on the the, the lockdowns, absolutely feel sorry for you. So yeah, the, the the fact that I can't go out, not a big thing. All right, and on that,
1: a little bit sombre but um, uplifting note, thanks very much to Cryo Malt, to Relling's Labels, Stickers and Packaging, to Scar Fabricating to and to New Zealand Ale Trail for supporting this episode. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much,
0: Claire. Right, thank you, and it's great yeah, to yeah. have have your dulcet voice um, well, back I'm with us. Well, i always on holiday now, so. Not, yeah. not that I don't I do. enjoy Claire's voice. I do well <laughs> I'd hate people to sort of think that I was excited to have you back, you know, at Claire's expense. Both can happen.
2: Yeah, it's teamwork, guys. It it's is. teamwork that makes this dream work. <laughs> There's our next T-shirt.
1: Excellent. And on that note, uh, drink fresh, drink local. Look after yourselves and each other, particularly in lockdown, and wash your damn hands. I'm Pete Mitchum. Thanks very much for joining us. See you all next week again. And we're out. Boom. Has Phoebe got a contact? thing? I'm going to Give her a call and see if she see, can see if she can phone, phone in a boom. boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I
2: think we might have to. We might have to. I'll try and get her to send a voice message over.
0: <laughs> I wonder if some of our listeners from around the world could, you know, email us. Oh yeah, that
2: would be uh, Accented boom. Could,
0: could give us a um, laboom? A yes. laboom. <laughs> <Le> laboom. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
0: And you know, we, we've got listeners. Uh, Luke um, is in Myanmar. I wonder if we could get a Myanmar. Oh yeah, boom. that
2: could be cool.
1: Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.